What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Inside the Fight. I'm your host, Mr. Roach. And tonight, I really want to touch up on that it is Black History Month. To all, I am half black. So to all African American male, females, hard workers out there, this is a shout out to you. But this is not a regular Black History Month special. This is for all the women who actually get in the ring as men as like myself. Um, shout outs to Edgar Belenga, Caleb Plant, Daniel Jacobs, Marcus Brown, so on and so forth that hold the sport being that it's dominated by men. But tonight we're going to pay homage to females who actually get in, this, get in the ring and fight like us, honestly. And bear with me, it's going to be a long history of it, but women boxing goes back all the way to the 18th century. The history of female boxing is just, although women haven't partaken participated, sorry, in boxing for almost as long as the sport has existed, female fighters have effectively out, have been, sorry, effectively outlawed for most of boxing's history, with athletic commissioners refusing to sanction or issue licenses to women boxers, the most nations officially banning the sport. The Women fighters should get credit for lacing up their boots, for putting on gloves, and actually facing each other in the ring. But let me take you back to the first ever female woman to ever, honestly, guys, the first female to ever wear a pair of gloves. And I'm going to read it to you right now courtesy of Wikipedia, and it is the entire history of female boxing. Women's boxing goes back, at, goes back at least to the early 18th century when Elizabeth Wilkinson fought in London, billing herself as the European championess. She fought both men and women. Now get that. See, nowadays, fighting both, if you were to fight men and women, male, men like us would get arrested for striking a female, because it is against the law to hit a female. But back during the 18th century, she fought both men and women. The rules of boxing in those days allowed kicking, gouging, and other methods of attack not part of today's arsenal. During the 1920s, Professor Andrew Newton formed a women's boxing club in work in London. However, women's boxing was hugely controversial. In early 1926, um, pardon my language and pardon me being as a speaker, t- 
tonight. So, shortage, shortage, shortage borough council ban and range exhibition match between boxers and new any new in and Madge Baker, a student of Digger Stanley, an attempt to hold the match in near nearby Hackney instead of. Instead, was defeated by a campaign led by the major, by the mayor of Hackney, who wrote, "I regard this postponed exhibition of women boxers as a gratification of the sensual, sensual ideas of a crowd of vulgar men. The humans, the Home Secretary, not human, sorry, the Home Secretary, Sir William Johnson Hicks." was among those opposing the match, claiming the legis legislator never imaged, sorry, legislator never imagined that such a disgraceful exhibition would have been staged in this country. The story was reported across the country and even internationally. So that, so, being that it is not really pushed like that, but Andrew Newton formed Women's Boxing Club to actually get a, a good following in actually helping women learn how to fight. But for it to be disgraceful and in front of these vulgar men, like these men really didn't give it give a goddamn if these women got in or not, so they really didn't care. Women's boxing first appeared in the Olympic Games at a demonstration bout in 1904. Its revival was pioneered by the Swedish Amateur Boxing Association, which sanctioned events for women in 1988. So, being that it was a demonstration, it started making a like a big thing in the early in the early 18th century. But women's boxing didn't start getting into it until the late 80s. So here we keep going. The British Amateur Boxing Association sanctioned its first boxing competition for women in, in, in 1997. The first event was to be was to be between two 13-year-olds, but one of the boxers withdrew because of hostile media attention. Four weeks later, an event was held between two 16-year-olds, one named Susan McGregor. Lauren Kirk Aberdeenshire and the other Joan Cawthorn, Peterhead, Aberdeenshire. I guess the place is where they're coming from. My fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> the International Boxing Association accepted new rules of women's boxing at the end of the 20th century and approved the first European Cup <sighs> sorry 
European Cup for Women in 1999 and the first World World Championship for Women in 2001. In 1197, Jennifer Simpson saw her way into the spotlight. Women's boxing was not featured at the 2008 Olympics, however, on August 14, 2009, it was announced that the International Olympic Committee's executive board and approved the inclusion, inclusion of women's boxing for the games in London in the 2012 games. Contrary to expectations of some observers around these hearings, the conjunction with AIBA, that's the International Boxing Association, the International Olympic Committee agreed to include three additional women's weights classes to the 2012 games in London. However, new a new gender-appropriate women's boxing uniform was in the works. This would require women by the AIBA rules to wear skirts during competition. Traditional gender role sediment was permitted. Permitted. Sorry, sorry, everyone. Permitted to the news of women in skirts. To include top armature coaches, amateur coaches, armature coaches. I don't know why they did that. Amateur coaches who have been documented stating women are made for beauty and not to take blows to the head. By wearing skirts, it gives a good impression, a womanly impression. The issue was widely ignored to amateur boxer, amateur boxer and London student Elizabeth Plank brought light to the issue and created a petition to at change.com to end the sex-based mandatory uniforms. So, so as you see, women, box, women's boxing was really hard to get up there, especially during the Olympics, because they want them to wear shorts. I mean, not short skirts, and that's not really. What's that really doing for the for the for like Olympic females, like females who are in the Olympics? Like you see right now, that women are wearing like they can wear shirts and sports bras, you know, underneath. Like so, like you, these old females that are wearing sports bras, trunks, you know, custom made. They do wear groin protectors as well, you know. But you see how it's coming up as a thing of its own. Let's continue. Although women fought professionally in many countries, in the United Kingdom, the BBC refused to issue licenses to women until 1998. I'm going to stop it right there. So... Female fighters didn't really get a license until night until nineteen ninety eight in the United Kingdom. They refused to give female professional fighters a chance in nineteen in nineteen ninety-eight. But by the end of the century, however, 
they had issued five such licenses. The first sanctioned bout between women was in November 1998 at Streetham in London between Jane Couch. I'm not trying. To, oh, it is her name. I'm not. I thought I was like cough. No, Jane Couch versus Simona Lukic. So okay, it's making progress that women fighters are actually doing, but they didn't receive a license towards the end of the 90s. The only time that the first sanctioned bout only happened in November, so towards the end of the 90s, women's boxing started making a step up in competition, but we will continue. In October 2001, at the 2001 Women's World Amateur Boxing Championships were held in Scranton, <laughs> International Olympic Committee present President Jacques Roger announced that it would be an Olympic sport in the 2012 Games in London. Women are allowed to competitively boxed for the first time in the Olympics during the 2012 Summer Games, producing the world's first pro-female Olympic medalist boxers. In 2015, the... Sorry, just readjusting my mic. In 2015, the World Boxing Federation unified various women's titles to have one title holder. So now... Being that we are in 2021 and we're going back to the London Games in 2012, women's boxing made a step through the door for fear, for just to, I'm sorry, I'm getting tongue-tied, but women's boxing started making a statement that women can fight too, so that they can showcase who they are as not just girls with like pretty smiles or makeup and all that shoes and so on and so forth but they could, they can also show that real talk they could throw their hands and that's something oh man sorry I'm just trying to keep up with it but now the history in the US we're going over the Atlantic back home And Barbara Buttrick was the first televised boxing match between two women on television and radio. During the 1970s, a popular female boxer named Kat, Kathy, Kat Sorry. Kathy Cat Davis came out of United States Northwest and a few of her fights were televised. Kathy Davis was the, f was the female boxer to appear on the cover of Ring Magazine, but a scandal broke out where it was said that some of her fights had been fixed. Marina Tiger, Trim, Trimiar, and Jackie Ton Tonawanda were pioneers as they were the first woman to, first woman in the United States to get a license for boxing in the United States. So, being that it was televised, 
and the fact that sorry sorry for the noise in the background we will change that later but being that it made its way to the, across the Atlantic already it's getting a bad it's already getting a bad name for itself but it's only just the beginning for it in the, in the United States interesting to read the history of women's boxing right now and I'm glad to be able to share with everybody tonight. We're, we're gonna continue. During the 1980s, women's boxing briefly resurfaced in California under the wings of sisters Dora and Cora Weber. The twin sisters were world champions in pack crunching, punching power, and a good chin. Women took huge strikes to be noticed. But the boom of women's boxing came during the 1990s. Considing with the boom in professional women's sports leagues such as the WNBA and WUSA, and with boxers such as Stephanie Jaramillo, Delilah, not, not Delilah, Dila Gonzalez, Laura Serrano, Christy Martin, Deidre, I'm trying to, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to pronounce the name, Deidre Gogarty, Deidre Gogarty, Leila Ali, Jackie Frazier Lid, Lucia Shaker, Eva Velez, Yvonne Kaplis, Bonnie, Bonnie Canio, yeah, Bonnie Canio, and Sumoya Anani, all world champions jumping into the scene. Women's boxing has experienced more television and media exposure, including the major motion picture Million Dollar Baby. If you guys haven't seen Million Dollar Baby, I recommend you watch it. It is a very good movie. There are a few organizations. Oh, <clears throat> sorry, everybody. There are a few organizations that recognize world championship bouts and fights are held in more than 100 countries. <laughs> sorry. So now, going into the 1990s, big names. Going out a few, but Jackie Frazier. Laura Serrano, Leila Ali, Christy Martin are all making statements by walking into the ring. Same thing with Dora and Cora Weber. Just getting into the ring and throwing bombs. And it's just wonderful to see that women can also handle, handle themselves too, you know? Although positive, positive strides in recent years have been made to women's boxing, reports of sex-based harassment in boxing gyms and tournaments across the United Kingdom and the United States remain. In addition to harassment and unfair policy, women have 
sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, women have also been grossly un underpromoted and sponsored in the professional rankings. Here's where I get a little mad about that because women fight just like us guys. They really do. To all the fellas in the United States, London, Canada, Puerto Rico, Mexico, South America, so on and so forth, just all over the world, guys, they can throw their hands too. And I don't see what's the problem that they're getting underpaid because they're looking looking at them as a pretty face more than just that. Major boxing broadcasting networks such as HBO and PBC have yet to feature a woman's headlining bout. In a recent press conference, two-time Olympic gold medalist Clarissa Shields stated, all the respect to all the women that box, we have more than one fight. We are fighting for equal pay and equal time on TV. We don't get enough sponsorships and or endorsements as the men. Damn. That is so true coming from Clarissa Shields. I mean, she's a two-time gold medalist. But she is really making a claim that that is so true. They don't get that much sponsorships. They don't get endorsements like that. And it's really unfair. Because they fight just like we do, guys. But that's really the history of women's boxing. The entire history. And me looking at that right now. No, wait. It's not over yet. Because this is one part I want everybody to hear. On April 16, 1992, after eight years in court in Massachusetts, Gail Grandchamp won her battle to become a boxer. As a state superior court judge ruled it was illegal to deny someone a chance to box based on gender. During her battle to win the right to box as an amateur, she passed the age of 36 the maximum age for amateur fighters. Letting y'all know that right now, if you started late in boxing, that the age is 36. That's it. Don't go past that. Even then, you could probably do master's class, which is older. Even though she knew it would not help her as an amateur, Grandchamp continued her efforts and eventually did box professionally for a time. Professional women's boxing has declined in popularity in the United States and struggles to get viewership and sponsorship, and many fighters have to fight in Mexico or Europe in order to make good uh, to make a good living. That's just unfair, you know. Just think about women boxing like that. And these females are trying. Like, I'm not, I don't mean it like that. In the way that it came out, my apologies. But these women, just like men, are giving it everything they have to just be able to 
support their families, you know, or get a start in life. But being that said, I want to speak on three, honestly, three legends, and two legends, and a legend in the making, who have changed the sport in their own way of women boxing. We're going to start off with the daughter of a champion. She, honestly, is one of a kind. And she retired undefeated. The daughter of a champion, the honestly, the daughter of a legend, and she kept it coming, is Layla Amaria Ali. Born December 30th, 1977. She is the daughter of Muhammad Ali and is the eighth of her father's nine children. That's a lot of kids right there. <laughs> During her career, from which she retired undefeated, she held the WBC, WIBA, IWBF and IBA female super middleweight titles and the IWBF light heavyweight championship. I mean, fellas, you've seen Layla. I, j I honestly looked, saw her fight the other day. She lives up to the nicknames. She be stinging, Madam Butterfly, and Pretty Baby. <laughs> her record is 24 wins. 21 of those wins by knockout. She retired undefeated. Like, she did a lot in her career. In her fight career, she won the WBC Super Middleweight Championship, made two defenses, the WIBA Super Middleweight title, five defenses of that belt and the IWBF Female Light Heavyweight Championship. She made two defenses of the IB, IWBF Super Middleweight title and, and four defenses of the IBA Super Middleweight Championship. Like, honestly, the girl's a legend. The girl's a legend. And she lived up to the name of being that of her father. Her boxing career goes on that she really burst into the scene by knocking out Christy Martin, who was, during her time, a real pioneer of the sport, fighting for 14 years. just to think about it, you know, that being a person of color can really make a difference, but being the daughter of a legend, she really made the transition and change to be who, and she's in the Hall of Fame right now, so Layla Ali, you really did good. Shadows to Lila Aliyah. Now we're going to our 
honestly, who is dumb and really her time, the female Mike Tyson and Wolf. She's a former boxer, turned trainer. You guys must have seen her a couple times. She trained James Kirkland. She made that dude into an animal. And I mean, if you've seen Ann Wolf fight, she is an animal. I mean, wow. Just wow of the type of person Ann Wolf is. She's held world titles in three different weight classes. She basically had titles that she was holding simultaneously and just, I'm gonna nickname this Brown Sugar. <laughs> I a bad name. I'm not even mad. She's five foot nine. Short of the class, honestly. But the record speaks for itself for everybody. 26 fights, 24 wins, 16 by knockout. She only lost one time in her career and won no contest. Oh man. And Wolf is such a powerful hitter. But the fight that I want everybody to know about, sorry, I was readjusting the mic, is the fight with. Vanna Ward, and it was a stunning, just a picture-perfect knockout, and I'm going to give everybody on ins inside the fight the chance to listen, so we're going to get the mic off right now, and we're going to play you the knockout of on award right now. Just sorry I'm taking pauses. I'm just trying to really get everybody into this because this is a very important show tonight and we need every chance we get. So, so you only pay for what you need. Get the new iPhone 12 right on Spectrum Mobile 5G and boom! And we are going to watch this fight and I'm going to Sorry, sorry, everybody. Just bear with me. I'm gonna try the best I can. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the judges are ready. The fighters are ready. We need to know, Biloxi, Mississippi, are you ready? Introducing first, fighting out of the red corner. She weighed in at 170 pounds and wears tonight the trunks of red, white, and blue. Her record, unblemished in 18 bouts. She has 18 victories, 15 of those by way of knockout. Ladies and gentlemen, from Northfield, Ohio, she is the current IBA heavyweight champion of the world. Here is Fonda, the All-American Tonight, black and gray. As a professional, another outstanding record. 
16 victories, just one defeat, and 11 big wins by way of knockout. She is a three-belt holder as we speak. She holds the WIBC Middleweight Championship, the WIBA and IFBA Super Middle Championship, and tonight... She looks to become the first woman in the history of boxing to hold four titles at one time from Austin, Texas. Here is Ann Brown Sugar Ball! Again, your referee in charge of the action. Final instructions. All right, ladies, you received your instructions a little while ago. I saw both of you in the dressing room. Remember the two things that I said. One, when I take a safe break, take a full step back, protect yourself at all times. The other being, if I caution you about something, don't do it again. Let's shake hands now and come out, boxer. Elmo hurt his neck there looking up at 6'6". Uh, Von DeWard. Yeah, and, and Elmo's wearing his elevator referee shoes tonight, too. <laughs> well, if there's a post-fight uh, interview with her, you... with Von, I'm glad you'll be doing uh. Now you heard all of that, right? Von De Ward is six six. Ann Wolf is five nine. So there's a big height difference with this. So you're gonna have to honestly listen to it because someone has to reach up and someone is punching down. And when a short fighter is fighting a tall fighter, it could either it could go either way. But we're going to play it right now and just, like, really listen to the impact of what's going to come. <laughs> you just want to slow dance with her. Come on. <laughs> Very determined. Ann Wolf and Vonda Ward. Oh, nice left hook already by Ann Wolf. like the way that she uh, threw that first right hand. And there's another one backing uh, Vonda up. I think when Vonda, like I said, gets hit with the first real power shot, we'll see how she reacts to it. She's sticking her chin up in the air, but it's so high up in the air, it's almost at the top of this Mississippi Coast Coliseum. <laughs> you got to swing one of those overhand rights way over, like trying to do there. And Wolf with a right hand. She says her best punch is that left hook. She says in the ring, I'm a brawler puncher. You see, Vonda a little tentative, though. I think she's already tasted a little bit of the power. She is making, a, a very, again, a very bad habit that Rodney Phillips did. She's sticking the chin up. Nice combination by Wolf backing Vonda up. It is difficult to ascertain how Vonda has done in her career. I know she's 18-0, 15 knockouts, but how many people were scared of her and did not really fight her? Oh, big Guys, I mean... We're going to have to rewind that and just, we got to hear the impact. Uh, again, a very bad habit. Like, listen to the impact of that punch. Seriously. That Rodney Phillips that you stick in the chin up. Nice combination by Wolf backing Vonda up. It is difficult to ascertain how Vonda has done in her career. I know she's 18-0, 15 knockouts, but how many people were scared of her and did not really fight her? Oh, big green hand. Forget about the count. It is over. Tim Kerr. Wow. One, one more time, everybody. I know that, but just listen to it. Six six five nine. You you gotta 
You gotta just really. 15 knockouts, but how many people were scared of her and did not really fight her? Oh, big green hand! One punch! That is it! Forget about the count! It is over! Tim Burr! Wow! Unbelievable! Let's hope that. That was a very impressive knockout for female fighters all over. That is the best knockout in women's boxing history. So, uh, big shout-outs to Ann Wolf. She's also in the Hall of Fame. And she's, I, I see, in my eyes by far, one of the best female trainers out there. Because she has trained... A great fighter in James Kirkland, but James left her, got knocked out, went back to her, started doing better, but then left her again. Makes no damn sense. Makes really no damn sense. But shout-outs to Ann Wolf. She was dubbed the female Mike Tyson for a reason, and you guys just heard it with that knockout of Von Ward. Just, oh my God. But we're going to pay homage to another great athlete in the two-time gold medalist, current holder of the female super middleweight championship, Clarissa Shields. Now... I want to take my time with reading about Clarissa Shields. I'm going to just get my mic back on, and we're going to listen to it. All right. Now we're back. Mic is back on. I'm going to read you about Clarissa Shields. And sorry. (laughs) Sorry about that. My mic went off again. Clarissa Shields, born March 17, 1995, is an American professional boxer. She has held multiple world titles in three-weight classes and reigned as the undisputed female middleweight champion from 2019 to September 2020, having held the unified WBA, WBC, and IBF female middleweight championships since 2018. And the WBO female women, the female middleweight championship from 2019 to September 2020. She has also held the unified WBC and WBO female light middleweight titles since January 2020. And the unified WBC and IBF super middleweight titles from 2017 to 2018. Now, I'm going to stop it right there because this girl, not even a girl, this hard-working lady right here has held titles in three-way classes and just, record speaks for itself. She's currently holds the record for becoming a two- and three-way world champion in fewest professional fights 
As of November 2020, she is ranked as the world's best active female light middleweight by the ring and box rec, as well as the best active female boxer pound for pound by ESPN, second by the ring, and seventh by box rec. She is un she is undefeated right now. Ten wins, no losses. Two wins coming by way of knockout. She is she is a two-time gold medalist in the Olympics in Rio and in London in world titles in the Pan Am Games in 2015. She has held the WBA, WBC, IBF, and WBO simultaneously along with, like, just holding four major world titles. Just like, shout out, big shout outs to Bernard Hopkins, Jermaine Taylor, Cecilia Barkas, Terrence Crawford, Olus Lander Yusick, Katie Taylor, and Jessica McSkill, McCaskill. She has a decorated amateur career. Like, her amateur career is incredible. Two gold medals in the women's middleweight division at the 2012 and 2016 games. Just, yo, her, her amateur career. After winning two Junior Olympic Championships, Shields competed in her first open division tournament, the National Police Athletic, the PAL Games. In 2011, she won the middleweight title and was named top overall fighter and also qualified for the Olympic trials. At the 2012 Olympic trials, she defeated the reigning national champion, Fachon Chu's Dezern, in 2010 world champion, Adresha Watson, and Pittsburgh's Takai Hemingway to win the middleweight class. In 2011, she won her weight class at the Women's Elite Continental Championships in Cornwall, Ontario, against three-time defending world champion Mary Spencer of Canada. She held an undefeated record of 25 wins, no losses. Guys, what can I say about Clarissa Shields that I haven't already said? She's... By far, the top female, African-American female in boxing right now. There's really nothing you can say about that. She's a legend in the making already. And what can I really more to say? That females do fight like us. They work hard. They train hard. They sweat. Blood tears, everything that we do, and it's just a really something to pay homage to, really something to give credit to, and we're going to finish off the show tonight, for real, with a quote from Mary Kum, don't let anyone tell you you're weak because you're a woman. I'm here to say that, ladies, you fight just like us. Keep on pushing forward. And 
That's it for Inside the Fight tonight. I'm your host, Mr. Roach, and we will see you again here next time.